Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to Growing Up Female with me, Connie Simmons. This is the podcast where we chat about what it's really like to grow up female behind the shiny social media profile. I'll be chatting to a whole host of young, inspirational women about race, beauty standards, periods, body shaming, sex, relationships, social media, everything it means to grow up as a female today. So today's guest is a super exciting guest. She is British model and mental health advocate, Jada Sazer. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us today, Jada. I'm My so pleasure. excited to hear all about your journey from childhood right to now I want to know how you got to where you are now and you know just yeah just tell me how you've become such a strong independent woman oh god loaded question (laughs) thanks for having me on um okay well first things first let's take it all the way back so I grew up in an in a household where my dad's Turkish and my mum's Spanish and I was surrounded by food. Food was like the yeah. first thing you got given when you oh, came in the house. Like do we put? Do you want some tea, Turkish tea, and cut up watermelon? And so, I grew up like having quite a great relationship with food and my body. Um, my dad was very much all about education, and on the weekends we'd go bike riding for as long as I can remember. And instead of the evenings after school being consumed with like hanging out with boys, it'd be like, right, we're going to take you swimming. I want you to enroll and play the violin. And so after school, I'd be in the music room with like my orchestral group practicing. And I absolutely loved it and really immersed myself into all of these different types of hobbies. And so I think that is kind of what gave me that foundation to not fall into the trap of putting majority of my self-worth on the way I looked Mm. um and I really do have my my parents to thank for that grounding I guess I was gonna say like not many people can say growing up they had a great relationship with food I definitely didn't in my teenagers yeah Um, so that's so refreshing to hear and I think I had family and friends around me that we didn't it's a cultural thing and we also didn't um see food as a negative thing we weren't mm. scared of it we weren't and luckily enough like I was really grateful that I grew up around family that like my mum would always say you were 
a, when you were born, you were ten pounds. We knew you were going to be a solid girl. <laughs> so it was never. I love like that, that your mum celebrates shame. that. That's yeah. amazing. We, you know, and we need more of that. You hear now so many mums talking in front of their children about calories and oh, that's really fattening. And it's like yeah. you've got a four-year-old daughter next to you. You know, mm. she is aware of what you're saying. Please I think stop. Me and my sisters are very conscious about the way we talk in front of my nieces. Right. But my mum, I think, because of the fact that she wasn't into fashion, she didn't really ever wear makeup. We were all about family and like family holidays and all about kind of more simple things. Mm. So isn't that what's life? She wasn't. Though. She I wasn't really that. aware. I think that kind of gave me the luxury of not caring either. And you, did you say your mum's Spanish? Yeah. Is that because of was that? Do you think because of her upbringing or? Um. Well, just... she was born in England, so she's very much oh, okay. British. But I think because my dad was such a dominant figure, he was all always about like he was very much into philosophy and travel and and he would be reading on the weekends and he'd like get my mum involved in these things and they they both basically knew there's more to life than what you look like. And yeah. That's so nice. That's yeah. Really nice. Yeah. So where did it go from there then? So you had this amazing childhood by the sounds of it. How many siblings have you got? Um I'm one of four. Oh, same as me. Yeah. Amazing. I love a big family. Oh, me too. Um, just so many memories, isn't it? It's really fun. Yeah, and um, also, if you fall out of one, at least you've got another two to go to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can just, like, slag each other off. To each other. <laughs> yeah. um, although having three brothers, they don't really, they're not really into that bitching thing, which is quite good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, well, my I've got two older sisters and a little brother, so he's one of three sisters. Oh, so he's the opposite. Yeah, I feel him. his pain. <laughs> <laughs> so then from that... Um, you obviously were high school and then did you go to university? Yes, I did. So I left secondary school and went on to do my A-levels, which were all about, um, I did like sociology, business studies, English and psychology and went on to be a child psychotherapist and did that as an MA and I did a degree in psychology and counselling. Cool. Uh, my dad's family are doctors and I guess I kind of gravitated into the medical field because I was just curious about people mm. and then found out that this is a subject and I can learn more about it. Yeah. Um, and at uni, when I was studying, I was working a lot with young people that had body dysmorphia and eating disorders and was reading a lot of journals and articles about where this could have come from. And then I looked at the current time that we're living in and social media had just started, Instagram had just been launched and the media as shiny and beautiful as it is was not doing our service mm. so I used Instagram as a platform to say how you can be beautiful no matter what your size is and would post images of myself which now is called blogging or whatever <laughs> but back then it was just I'm just going to put a picture of myself up yeah and it was well received and a few of my images gained momentum and I was asked to be the face of the first ever plus size show during London Fashion Week. Amazing. At this point, I didn't have a clue what modelling was. Um, I didn't understand the difference between plus size, I was gonna say, normal yeah. size, normal size, mm. and inverted common. <laughs> yeah, um, and I didn't even know what fashion, like couture and high yeah, street. Yeah, your mum, and obviously it wasn't yeah. a big thing in your house. Yeah. What, what I find fascinating is that it sounds like at no point growing up, you had no insecurities about your body or did you? Oh, no, no, I did, definitely did. I remember I, I used to swim a lot and my thighs were a lot thicker, but they were muscular because I was, I had really strong, strong legs. And I, I was conscious. There was always times when we'd go out with like our mates, like a mixed group, boys and girls, and you did feel like, oh, you're a little bit taller or you're a little bit bigger. I'm 5'9 and have mm. been a size 16 from as long as I can remember. And feeling like you are you do stand out but I remember the older I've become 
being unapologetic of taking up that space. Mm. So before I would kind of shrink myself a little bit. Mm. But then when it came to my opinions and the things that I enjoyed doing, I was really strong and passionate and proud of those. So I was like, why am I shrinking myself in these spaces when we're with boys and stuff? And I, I did. I was very conscious. Yeah, it wasn't about what it. you believed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it didn't feel right. That. It didn't feel right, and I didn't want to um, co- conform to the norms of being like the pretty prim girl and not being excited by the fact that you know we're going on a weekend away and we're going to have an adventure or like I want to get back on my bike. Like I would ride bikes with the boys, and would still be a girl. Yeah, so sports being a massive. Yeah, massive fitness has been a massive help for that as well. I'd say so. It gives you more purpose. That's what I felt like. You know, Mm. I I was really into football and I thought I can be girly and play football at the same time, you know. Absolutely. I remember my nan, she's very old-fashioned, she was like, you can't be playing football, you're a girl. And I was like, no, I will play football. And then at (laughs) school, they did rugby. The boys could play full contact and the girls had to play tag. I was having none of it. So they were like, all right, then boys and girls mixed full contact rugby. I did actually regret that. (laughs) I was getting dragged along the mud and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I totally understand that, actually. And, and I always say that, like, there's, you know, there's more to life than what you look like. And, um, you know, they say, like, let's be pretty strong, pretty amazing, pretty brave, rather mm. than, you know, focusing on what we look like. And that's really inspiring. Mm. I lo- that's why I love following you, you know. I think the options should be there <clears throat> and available to us. And if we choose that we don't want that, then we don't. But I want to be able to, I remember my dad enrolled me and my brother into taekwondo yeah for a year and i was like as long as i get to do whatever he's doing we're great and you know i dropped out because i didn't enjoy it he carried on yeah but at least we have the choice yeah absolutely and did you did you ever feel like because a big thing for me was i was always bigger than my friends um size wise and that got to me a lot because they could wear things that I, I couldn't wear and then it, I wasn't wearing fashion and blah 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 did you ever feel like that did you ever feel secluded or different to your girlfriend yeah I'm like nodding right now at yeah everything you just said I'm five nine my three best friends are between five foot and five foot three so mm-hmm. imagine us going out like I'm always the tall one and for a long time I didn't really like wear heels when we would go out I'd always feel like just a bit of the odd one but um it got to a point where I wanted to wear it. I was going to say, when did you start owning it? And I I think it would probably be towards the end of university when I started buying more heels and wearing it and feeling great when I'm wearing it. And, you know, people, I don't know, I can't really get to, I don't really know how or or why, Where where it came. But I think it was a thing of not caring as much. And just, I want to feel... You, you get that when you get older, don't you? You care a lot less. I yeah, that. yeah. And you're not comparing yourself to the space that you're in. It's more about how you're feeling. And if I'm feeling sexy because I've got my heels on or whatever it is, then I'm going to take that energy to the space. Mm. Whereas, again, it's the whole shrinking yourself thing. Mm. If I go and I'm not dressed how I want to be dressed because I'm worried, then you end up bringing that to the space that energy to the yeah, yeah absolutely and in terms of sort of you say you always had a good relationship with food so so have you never been one to diet did you ever feel like oh I'm gonna watch my calves say did you ever succumb to that diet culture that's still like crazy today we were talking about flat tummy tea and all that rubbish oh, earlier yeah. but did you have you ever had moments where you've wanted to try it all out I love food (laughs) like I love food so much and I've never succumbed to the diet culture but for example my sister went on this crash diet and 
it was seven days where you're drinking these shakes or whatever rubbish. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to try it. And every day when I was hungry, for I did it for a week, and I will never, ever, ever do anything like that again in my life because it was just absolutely ridiculous. Every day that I felt hungry, in my head I was like, why the hell am I doing this to myself? Mm. This is actually, like, completely unbelievable. And then you have a meeting at the end of the week with your advisor, and they said, if your hair falls out and if you feel faint, this is normal. Oh, my God. And I was like, I think... And she was like, think about the weight loss. And I was like, I think you are the beginning of an eating disorder. I think this advice is unhealthy. And I just remember saying that I will never, ever, ever do anything like this. And I said to my sister, you are mad, stop this. And um, I'm not about that life. I'm about healthy living. I'm about exercising because I love it because it makes me feel great. And eating a balanced diet and being aware. I know I go for, I went on a weekend with my best mates the other day and I didn't think about what, we had biscuits for dinner, like we ate whatever we wanted. Mm. It was like a banquet of food for you to graze at for the 48 hours we were together. And the entire time I was like, I'm not I'm not thinking about it. But on Monday, I felt low energy. I felt lethargic. I was listening to my body and I was like, I can't live like that. Mm. So I need a bit of like, I need nutrition. I need yeah. food. Um, but my food's going to be delicious. Yeah. And I'm going to cut out maybe a bit of sugar because it's giving me those highs and lows, yeah. but it's not because I'm like, I don't feel You're worthy a few yourself. pounds heavier. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just science. That's exactly. how I see it. Like, Absolutely. That's what sugar scientifically does to you. So if you don't want to feel like that, then... You know, look at your sugar intake. That's mm-hmm. how I look at and it And listen now. to your body. Like, when people talk about intuitive eating, I mean, I'm not into these hippie, no, wacky neither. terms that are just, like, sound bites. But I, I do believe, listen to your body. Mm. And I, I guess I didn't always do this, but the older I've got, the more I have become more inclined to know what works for me. And it's actually quite empowering to be like, I've had, um, I've gone out this weekend, I'm hungover, I need salt, I need mm. sugar and I'm craving it and understand, And it's empowering to know where these cravings come from. Is it your time of the month? Is it, am I stressed? Am I comfy eating? But don't punish yourself mm. for it, just accept it mm. and then work with how you... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Well, absolutely, yeah, because it is getting quite deep now. But what I think what you've said has just summed it up. That's how that's my attitude anyway. Mm-hmm. There will be days where nothing can fill me up, and then. I'm like, do you know what? Spaghetti bolognese and it works a treat. I just I have a boost of energy and I just needed that carb, you know, and, and your body does need carbs. Your body needs all these food groups. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sooner we all accept this, the better. Yeah. So I don't just... want any like negativity towards anything in my life. Like I always am really mindful about the associations I create mm. around things. I just want as much as possible to have good experiences. Like yeah. even when I ran the marathon in April, every run I did, I tried to make it as enjoyable as possible because first of all life's too short and second of all why do you do something if you hate it how do you do that then how do you make because i have a lot of people follow me for fitness reasons and i want to hear this how do you make every run that you do as happy and enjoyable as possible <laughs> well, tell us <laughs> i mean i try is it to. is it I'm your is it your mental you've got a strong mental positive mental attitude what is it i'd say i'm generally i try and i, sp- I aspire to be as positive um, as possible obviously it's not realistic to be that all the time and it's okay to not be but my runs getting through the 12 <clears throat> miles the 20 milers it's what is going to hijack my brain so that my body keeps running and I don't realize I'm running mm. and I'm not resenting every minute of every step and I would put together these mind hacks and I love a good podcast. Mm. So I'd have a podcast and I would love certain albums that I was really into would be the next thing I'd go to. I'd bring snacks because food yes, every girl, mile is a positive that. reinforcement and I needed Energy. whatever was in my bag. <laughs> I love that so much. So I'd have snacks. So and good. We're going running together. <laughs> Once are. this baby's out, I'm coming. A hundred percent. Bring her with us in the buggy. <laughs> yeah. And another thing was I'm interested in people. So I'd recruit different people that were interested in running and have a conversation with them whilst I ran because mm. it would keep my mind stimulated and I wouldn't realise that we've just done six miles because we're just having a chat. Yeah. And I'm so interested in humans and, yeah. like, the, what motivates us. And people are fascinating. Training together is definitely a great way to stay motivated. Yeah, and the clock would go by and I wouldn't I wouldn't run to a time, so I wouldn't put that pressure because every time you hit a time, you just move mm. the bar post and you mm. try hit a better time. So I scrapped all of those silly things in my mind that didn't work for me and would just focus on things that hijack my brain. And what was running the London Marathon like, especially in your underwear? (laughs) I mean, I just think that's amazing. I mean, the London Marathon, I mean, Bradley found it really hard and he's like a proper fitness, you know, guru. And so, like, tell me, how did you feel? Like, were you scared of running in your underwear? Was that the least of your worries? Oh, I mean... I was so excited. Oh, great. I I mean, I had never, I'm a Londoner and ashamedly say that I've never witnessed the London Marathon before. I'd never gone down. No, now, I, I promise, hand on heart, I'm going to go there every day, every every, every year, day. every day. <laughs> oh God, if there was a marathon every day, no thanks. Every year, I'm going to go down and support. It's yeah. the most... Keeps you going. I've never been in a space where there was so much positive energy being shared between strangers mm. ever. So many tears, so much, so many cheers. 
that in itself is uh, is profound. Mm. It really is. Um, and I had I had heard of it, but had never experienced it. So the morning I woke up, and me and Bryony were in a hotel by the the start line. My heart was just racing through excitement, and I had never run prior to this. I had never joined a running club. I had never trained as a runner, so I had no idea that my body could or couldn't do it. Mm. So I think that ignorance um, was my strength because I just didn't know what to expect on the day. And we ran it in our underwear. And at first the idea was fantastic. And I'm a model, so I'm used to being Mm -hmm. like half naked all the time. with your body, yeah. Yeah, but being on a main road in London, on a a designated road (laughs) in London, filled with people fully clothed, and running through streets for 26 miles, it's it's daunting. Yeah, I, I wasn't prepared for it. But when we started going and we, you know, you get, it's almost like with every mile we shed a layer of insecurity mm. because my cellulite is jiggling, my belly's wobbling, like my boobs are bouncing. And for me, with every mile, that just became easier and easier. And I just became freer and lighter of the pressures of trying to cover that up. And the reason we did it was because we said, you know, fitness stuff is flattering. I love being in my gym Mm. gear all the time. It holds you in. You feel streamlined in it. But actually, our point was that anyone can run and fitness is for everybody. Mm. So why don't we strip it there and show textures and show cellulite and show what bodies can also look like and still run? Yeah. Mm. amazing I'm like mesmerised <laughs> I wish I could do that I'm like oh would I have the confidence to do that I worry I'd be worried about the chafing oh thighs. <laughs> oh my god was that painful I can tell Did you <laughs> this is like the main question I always get do you <laughs> <laughs> but there's a brand called Body Glide and it is your best friend whether you're running a marathon or you're in a just summer dress because yeah. <laughs> I, I sometimes just wear like um, short leggings under dresses in the summer because it gets can get so hot Body glide. It, it, it saved us. I was it like a gel or something or oil or what? Is so the body glide that I used is almost like a roll on, and right. it gives you this uh, thin layer on the areas that would chafe, and it becomes like a silky soft texture where your body just sort and of it lasted glides the whole across. marathon. Well, we did lather up every few miles and was like okay. in a squat position like in our legs rolling it all yeah. on and we're on the side of the street and people are like okay what they're in they? their underwear and now <laughs> their hands in their crotch <laughs> rolling deodorant on, on their thighs <laughs> <laughs> but didn't chafe oh amazing okay well anyone that chafes there you go body glide <laughs> that's amazing so um i want to um uh, move over to the um uh interview you did recently with telegraph um i love that um and this whole thing you have with um, asking why you're doing something. Um, explain more. Tell, tell me more about that. Um, I guess that comes from family again. Again, it's my dad would always ask the question and probe with mm. anything that we were motivated to do, whether it was something we were interested in or a place we wanted to go. Like, Why? And that curiosity, I guess, is ingrained into us. And I go on and my sisters and go on to talk like that to their children and my yeah. nieces. And I guess it's so that you can check yourself to understand what what your uh, motivation and purpose is for wanting something so badly. Mm. And um, because you were saying in that interview that so many people now and young people 
um, want to be bloggers. They want to have millions of followers. And ask yourself why. Yeah. Why do you? And I think that's so important. What's your yeah. reason? Because that's not something that I want, but um, the only reason why I would want that was because I want everyone to hear my message, not mm-hmm. because I want to be famous. Yeah. Um, I want I want to be a good role model to millions of girls. So I'd only like a million followers if they were all female, young, and I could be a good influence to them, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's so important and I love that. And mm. your niece, oh my gosh, she's going to be like so amazing, isn't she, with you oh, lot around her? Yeah, I mean, we try to like as much as possible. And it, for me, I check myself all the time. I'm like, okay, well, why do I want to do it? Because anything that I've ever done and not known the why, or I've been sidetracked by other people's whys or... Instagram's illusion of why this might be great. Yeah. I've never been happy when I've achieved it. And so, and it's never been my real journey. Yeah. And so I've always felt like I've kind of gone off path a little bit and I've wasted time when I could have been doing something that is my why, is what I can give back to this world, is what's going to fulfill me. And it, it only took a question mm-hmm. and a little bit of brainstorming. And you really feel in tuned with what you're doing and you feel like you then have purpose in this world when you are doing something that you love. Mm. So for someone that's really sort of, you're quite philosophical, I think, as well, maybe you get it from your dad, um, and you're into mental health and everything. So why, forgive me, uh, did you want to become a model? Because obviously a lot of people will say, oh, you know, you just stand and get your picture taken, you must love yourself. Like, how did that happen? What was the reason behind it? Why did you want to do it? Two things. Uh, The, I had a comment on that telegraph interview post on Instagram and somebody said because the headline of that Telegraph uh, article was I don't seek reassurance along the lines of I don't seek reassurance from social media it's not for the likes it's what you do that you love Um, and somebody said but you're on social media so you can't really say that and I said social media is the platform not the source and the reason I got into modeling as accidental as it was was because I was using Instagram to talk about my message. Now, if I didn't gain momentum and didn't have a following and people didn't care about listening to me there, I would have done it in a mental health capacity and I would have probably have gone on to be a psychotherapist and did it in one-to-one rooms in 50-minute sessions as a counsellor or a psychotherapist as a doctor. And when working as a model, I've had the opportunity to talk to such a wider audience, but with the same... I guess, fundamental values of what I would have said or how I would have treated my clients Mm. or worked with my clients in a different space. So that was one thing. Two, I also think sometimes in order to change the system, you have to work inside out. So I'd always say, I think I like my attitude to what I've done is called the Trojan horse. Like I worked as a model and then from the inside sort of encourage brands to know that women that are above a size 12 also care about fashion, Mm. also care about how they look. Mm. And this would be brands that had maybe never used a plus size model, had never created a plus size line, um, didn't see, had used me because maybe of my social media platform, but had maybe never thought that somebody that was beyond a size 12 was confident. Mm. And actually the reality is we are. Mm -hmm. And we're human and we want to dress good and we want to, we care about our appearance as much as everyone else does. And you care about your health and yourself and everything else. Exactly. So I think in order to do that, like working on in the inside really helped that. Um, and so you've had, almost made more of a difference, more of a um, impact by going down, doing it this route. It's different. It's definitely, and I, it wasn't, 
I feel like all of my best things that have ever happened in my life that I'm so grateful for have always been accidental, but I've been listening to my why again. Yeah, and it's led you on that path. So it feel, might feel like accidental, but actually it's all happened for a reason. If you listen to like, God, the universe and their signs, I could go on forever. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's true. If you kind of like are aware... Then, so, so what would your advice be to young girls then that sort of are stuck in this rut at the moment, they're obsessed with social media, they want to go on a reality show and then hope to get a, um, you know, fashion line or whatever, like, or or they don't know what they want to do and they're lost and they're stuck. Like, what would your advice be to someone, in that, you know, I guess maybe to a 15-year-old in that, yeah, in that situation or 16-year-old? I mean, it's so hard, isn't it, right now? Mm. It really is. Like, you're constantly bombarded with these aspirations that you should be achieving and you can't switch off after school because you take your phone home with you and mm. you and it will, like, look over your shoulder all the way up until you sleep at night. Um, but I think taking those breaks away from this constant, like, shove of advertisement in your face and down your throat mm. and just reflect on what actually makes you happy or... Or find, figure out what makes you happy that isn't maybe in front of you right now. And um, what are your interests? What excites you? What are you curious about? Mm. Those are the kind of questions that I'm interested in. I guess in. asking yourself why. Yeah. It's so true. It's great. Um, so at the end of podcasts, I ask um, each guest, what would what advice would you give to your younger self? So that was your advice to someone younger in that situation. But what about your younger self? Would you change anything? Is there anything you'd like to tell yourself? Mm, Good question. (laughs) I think I, yeah, I mean, I hate to ever feel like I've ever had any regrets, but I definitely think I wish I let go a lot more a lot earlier of people uh that's a it's big it's loaded yeah i'd say let go of people let go of things that weren't serving me let go of jobs that weren't good let go of when things come to their natural end let go and also let go of perceptions let go of people's opinions let go of your own kind of restrictions as to what you should and shouldn't do or should and shouldn't be and um just be free a lot earlier because time doesn't stop Mm. and you're holding yourself back and um wasting a lot of time that you could be potentially doing something really incredible amazing thank you so much it's been so good listening to you i feel all empowered and confident and positive (laughs) thanks jada sorry Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Growing Up Female. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And why not follow me on Instagram at Connie Simmons. Goodbye. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.